Hey folks, welcome to another week. This is the Live Life Recipe Show. Sincere Hogan right here. Mike Marler on the other side of the mic. What's up, man? Actually, the other side of the country a little bit. <laughs> the other side of New Mexico and Arizona. I'll put it like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, just <laughs> down the road. From Texas is so big, every state's just down Everything's the road. Everything's down the street <laughs> from us, man. <laughs> Texas is pretty much connected to every state in the country. Well, basically, the United States is Texas and, and everybody else. <laughs> at least that's how it is overseas. That's how everyone looks at it. <laughs> it's like Texas, <laughs> New York, L.A., and everything else. Yeah, even someone who has no understanding of geography can find Texas on the exactly. map. It's like, exactly. there it is. Boom. <laughs> it's kind of hard to miss. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man, we have a great guest this week, and he's a very avid powerlifter, high-level powerlift, powerlifting competitor. So we're going to talk a lot about training. We're going to talk so much about training that you guys are never going to want to hear anything about training again. <laughs> That's the goal, because whenever we have a strength coach, oh, it would be great to get that guy back to talk about. Like, and, the, and then no one's applied anything that the last coach said. <laughs> So we're going to talk so much about training like, that you're, you not gonna, you're not going to want to go to the gym today. How about that? I think I'm going to want to go out and train now. <laughs> Good. All right. It works. So, yeah, we get to talk about two things that I love today, man, powerlifting and coffee. I'm yeah, so we have another, We have our guest is also a coffee snob, so we have a two-for-one this week. <laughs> snob <laughs> I can just swear. kick back and let you guys talk about all things coffee. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, cool. Let me do some shout outs for some of you that are using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off the best nutrition supplements around. We got Vinny M, longtime supporter. And Vinny M actually bought, he reordered five bottles of red because he liked it so much. He wanted to buy some from all of his friends and family. So that's the kind of thing you guys should do. Don't just buy one for yourself. Buy a whole bunch for everyone you know. It's that good. And it's, it's really gratifying to get all the positive feedback on, on Red that I've been getting because I did put a lot of time into designing that formula. I mean, all of last year was working out the details. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think supplements is you just randomly pick a couple of ingredients, throw it in a bottle, and that's probably what most companies do. Right. <laughs> and then they spend the rest of the time. I always say most supplement companies are 90% marketing, 10% product development. Right. So they just put together something random and then just market the fuck out of it and hope that you're dumb enough to buy it. And they rely on first-time buyers because no one ever buys it again. Right. So I, I'd rather take a different approach and actually design something that's really good. Don't waste any money on advertising. Put all that into the product and then just let word of mouth take care of the rest. You make something that works, guess what? People are not only going to use it again. They're going to go tell people about it. Exactly. So you don't have to sit and bombard the entire world with your T-shirts and then like, oh, what's that about? <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to put together an inventory of green T-shirts to have people go out there and advertise the product for me. Yeah. Or anyway, Heather, we got no, – go ahead. No, no, I'm, going, I'm moving on from that topic. We can, we, can, we can spend an entire show on that. Let's just move on. Yeah, we, don't, we don't want to get bottled down. So we got Michael Zodiway, Bill Lee, Brian Grado, Brett Gordon, Daniel Elder Kevin Toe out of Singapore, Singapore. David Bisham, Christopher Cardinali, Luke Lackey, John Robinson, Nathaniel Rivera, and James Henry. They're all using that coupon code LLA at MikeMahler.com, getting the best nutrition supplements money combined and getting 10% off everything they see there. Pretty cool, man. They can use that same coupon code over at NewWarriorTraining.com as well. Just type in that coupon code LLA, get 10% off everything over there. Some of those names I heard, man, also names that are also on our list of VIPs over at Patreon as well. And, yeah, we're going to invite you guys to become Patreon supporters of the show. And with your monthly support, keeps the show going and growing. Just go to Patreon.com slash LLAP. 
podcast. And that'll help help us out, man. Start off with a five dollar donation. You want to get that Patreon bump, you can move it on up to ten, fifteen, twenty, it's all up to you. So yeah, man, that, that's another good thing you guys can do for us. And we really appreciate that. Especially all our Patreon supporters that have been with us. Some of them have been with us since day one since we started doing Patreon yeah. uh, about a year and a half ago. So truly appreciate you guys as well. All right, man, let's do this. Yeah, cool. So our guest today is Paul Tabone. I, should, I, should, I feel like I should say Tabone. Paul Tabone. Tabone. <laughs> that, Paul Dabone. <laughs> hey, let me introduce you to Dabone. <laughs> uh, he got a great coffee company called Angry Jump. And it's I've known this guy for many years. And I just ran into the gym. He has a coffee company. Like, wow, where did this come from? Props to him that just putting it in motion. And I bought a bag a while back. It's great stuff. I think it's really good. I think even you would like it, Sincere, as a coffee snob. That's the real test. Yeah, that's the real test. We have to get yeah. a bag out to you. If you like it, then it's it's green lights. He's also an avid powerlifter, a very high-level powerlifter. There's a pretty cool YouTube clip of him squatting. I think it's 700 pounds, hands-free. Is that right, Paul? Is it 700 pounds or 600 pounds? Uh Seven, yeah, seven hundred. Yeah, so you unrack it, you take your hands down, you squat, stand up, and then you let the bar drop. It's pretty, it's pretty badass. <laughs> now, which gym did you get kicked out of? I'm assuming that's the last time you ever did that workout there. <laughs> uh, let's see, but you have about a half hour of all the gyms that I can list that I've been kicked out of. <laughs> yeah, Paul's been kicked out of every gym in Las Vegas. <laughs> if not for Ted Tank for squatting, there's a, there's a lady at – actually, both of us are persona non grata at the gym we go to, Fitness 19. Every time I deadlift there, and I deadlift a lot less than you, and I'm pretty good at controlling the bar, too, so I don't just drop it like a lot of the kids there are using 225, <laughs> you know, breaking the floor in between reps. Yeah. But every time, just not, not every time, maybe every other time I do it, someone complains to someone at the front desk and they come over like, oh, you're making too much noise. I was like, well, I thought I was in a fucking gym. I didn't realize I was in the <laughs> library. <laughs> yeah, the first uh, the time like, I pulled, this was a few years back, but I pulled like 500 for like 15 reps or something like that. I was all, you know, I was excited about it. And, and literally, I got told by the manager that four people quit the gym that day because of it. <laughs> Well, you, sorry, should you come over to thank me? <laughs> it's like, you're welcome. You know, you got rid of four losers. You know? Right, right. Four people that don't do anything for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. How, you know, it's, it's funny how a lot of times people that are successful are penalized, right? Like, we're sincere and I were talking about how you pay your taxes on time. Great. If you, if you have a lot of back taxes, the IRS will cut a deal with you. So you end up paying a lot less than you owe. And it's the same, right. thing, same thing like if you run a business into the ground, right? You can just... File for bankruptcy. Yeah, exactly. File bankruptcy. And now you owe a lot. Yeah, your credit's ruined for a while, but you pay back a lot less, if anything, than what you actually owe. So it's it's, it's like all these incentives are put in place to encourage failure, basically. Right, right. It's like, go ahead and start a business. It's okay if you fuck up and run that thing into the ground. You You don't have to. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's, like, it's like gyms are the same way, too. It's like, look, we don't want you to come in here and do anything that's actually effective. In fact, because we really want you to come in here. Just pay your membership and don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you just that's not exactly show right. up regularly, that would be great. Okay. I'm, giving, I'm giving too much credit. They don't even want you to come in, period. Yeah. <laughs> they want you to join and never come back. Like, yeah. you wonder how a place like Fitness 19 makes money because they, they don't, it's only 10 bucks a month for most members. Yep. Right now, the way they make money is they probably have ten thousand members a month who don't show up because it's so cheap. You look at your credit card statement, you're going, ah, maybe I'll show up next month. 
Maybe I'll get in there finally. Or you show up once a month, you're thinking, well, it's only 10 bucks. Even if I only get in there once or twice a month, it's worth keeping. Yep. So, I mean, a, a gym that actually has incentivized, is actually incentivized for as many people to come in there as possible would go out of business because they would reach maximum capacity in no time. Prime example of that is uh, is Planet Fitness. I was, exactly. When, when he said that you dropped it you know, in the video, I said, well, obviously you were at Planet Fitness because you're, right. so, you're a clunker. And you don't want to yeah, be there. Yeah. There's no it's clunking the, zone. There. The alarm didn't go off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think the place would have shut down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it just imploded. <laughs> Vegas, Vegas has a really funny cross-section of gyms, right? We have LVAC, which is basically a nightclub. Like, <laughs> like people, people get dolled up for an hour before they walk in there, and I'm talking about the guys. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, and then they have they have a bar in there with protein shakes where people go hang out afterwards and oh so forth. God, yeah, that's <laughs> like life, that's like Lifetime Fitness here, like right around yeah. the corner from my house, which is like in a very swanky part of town. I'm like, dude, it's just basically a nightclub as well. It's just a meet a meetup spot. Even the freaking trainers, I mean, they look like models, like they're just waiting to get a gig, an acting gig. But right now, they're just portraying to be a personal trainer. Right now, I'm like, dude, you don't even sweat. I mean, first of all, dude, you getting your eyebrows, <laughs> you getting your eyebrows done. I can't take you seriously right now. <laughs> you're trying, you're trying, hey man, can I help you with your technique? No, you. You can just step away from me, buddy. There's good technique wrong. on those brows, though. Exactly. <laughs> guy, guy just got his leg shaved. He's coming over to help you with his technique. No, I'm good, slick. I got this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we were we were both members of Lifetime, right, Paul? I mean, uh, yeah. I, we didn't last long there, man. Uh, two I mean, months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we tried it out for a while, and. I mean, so the, best, the best thing about Lifetime is just their pool, man. That's that's the best thing that they have, at least here. You know, kind of like you know on the rock climbing wall. But everything else is like, come on, man. What 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 are we doing here? <laughs> well, the thing I didn't like about it. I mean, first of all, the equipment wasn't even good. The no. racks were not. All well, the had these pins. You basically had to pull the bar off and up over the pin. To unrack it and then to rack it. So then, and then to rack it, you had to basically push, go over this pin and down yeah. <laughs> to place it back on. Now, who wants to deal with that when you have a lot of weight back? Well, right? it's, 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 it's not encouraging you to not have heavy weight. That's what that's all about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then they are coming, coming through a little, uh, picking up. I don't know if you can hear. Yeah, we can hear you. And I can hear sincere. Yeah, it's breaking up. It was breaking up a little bit when you were talking, Mike. I was just hoping that it would go away. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> yeah, sp- speaking of crappy companies, Cox Internet is not hasn't been very <laughs> oh, my, well. I mean, the name. Every, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> every every time the wind blows in Las Vegas, I start losing my connection. <laughs> I, heard that, I heard that loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope they hear that loud and clear. Sure we'll yeah. on the, we put the Twitter feed on this. We make sure we tag them on this. Uh, people, people at the Lifetime gym, they, they had this kind of empty light around the set for the great gaps. This kind of stuck up. And I go, this place is not that expensive to be that. Fifteen hundred bucks a month. Then you can guys, then you guys can be stuck up. <laughs> right. The thing is, too, it's like I could. I don't mind paying 150 bucks a month. Just, just leave me alone. Let me do what I need to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Tom, I'm paying extra money for you just to step away from me, buddy. Okay. Just right. a little privacy. That's what I thought I would get there. 
Yeah, I don't mind either. And I, I like the fact that they had deadlift platforms. But what's funny is the equipment wasn't as good as that. Is at what's that? Fitness nineteen. No, I know. Like, it is. You're right. Which is kind of sad. Fitness nineteen is ten bucks a month. Yet their barbells are better calibrated. The one squat rack they have is better than all of the squat racks they have at Lifetime. Yeah. Yep. And also, I don't like those bumper plates. The ones that are as thick as a tire. Yeah. Yeah. You can only put four plates on each side, and then the whole bar is – you know? And then you just drop it. It bounces up the chin thing. level. <laughs> yeah, it bounces. Exactly. You can, you so can you dribble your deadlift. It's like <laughs> – Exactly. <laughs> they're, made, they're made for uh, social media. It looks like you have more on there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Ah, like, dude, come on. That thing's pretty much – it's just full of rubber and air. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like the serious you can You can lock it out and then drop it and then just catch it. It's catch like, it oh, there's yeah. rep two. Yeah, exactly. Rep two. <laughs> <laughs> you just lean over. Over an inch and catch it. There's the next rep. Yeah, man, that's why I like those real gutter gyms, man. Just like like Metroflex or you know where people are coming in to lift. It pretty much is noisy. Everybody's slamming things down. It's like okay, I'm I'm actually somewhere where people are lifting and they're serious about that, man. You know, here in Houston we got another gym. It's like it's called Hank's Gym. It's been around forever. So I mean, you've had all these pro boxers and all these guys have trained this gym for years, for decades. I mean, when you walk in, there's nothing fancy about it. And actually, to the average person off the street, they were probably turned off by it. Like, oh god, which to me it was it's right up my alley. You know, pretty much it's kind of like how our gym is. Uh, my buddy Mike and I have it's just uh, Mike House. It's just like you know really. Really gutter gym. It's just an old warehouse. And hey, man, there's nothing fancy about it. It's like you come here, you come here to lift. You know, you're not trying to come here and it's not a meat market. You're not trying to come here and find your next ex wife or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, too, it's like you're finding a lot more people, a lot more serious people who train and serious lifters training at their homes now because even like even out here, um, yeah, we have some power gyms, but they're very clicky and they're like the. Mm. Okay. I'm always looking for a vibe. I can lift weight. It's weight. I can lift it anywhere. You know, right, it's, right. I'm always looking for like that good camaraderie. I, I, you know, I play a lot of football and I just, I miss that camaraderie when you go to a gym and just, just everyone helping each other, everyone right. kind of cheering each other on. And it's like, it's, you can't, it's really hard to find that anywhere nowadays. So yeah, the one gym that definitely has that is Mark Philippi's gym. PSI, and that's one of the things I really enjoyed about working out there because it did have that camaraderie as you're talking about, and everyone is really encouraging there. And there's a competitive element too, not competitive in a negative manner, where someone's trying to one up someone and like, ha ha, look what I did. Just competitive as in everyone's pushing, pushing each other. Yeah. Naturally, right, makes you right. you don't want to be the one person who's half-assing it. Basically, is where I'm going. I think that's why you have so many CrossFit gyms that do continue to like survive because they have those elements there. You know, just like a different type of vibe. Whereas, it's, it's it's a different type of clicky. Again, like I said, it's not a snobbish type thing. It's just like, oh, you're part of the family. You know, you're part of the CrossFit family, you know, and it, they continue to push each other. So I'll right. give them that much, yeah. you know, about that. And, you know, no, that's, that's what I, makes their I, cult, I, I you know, so, you know, grow so much. You know, I give it to them. It's like, I think a lot of um, independent gym owners, you know, should really look at that model. And you're not necessarily look at the model as far as somehow how some people train, but just look at how they sustain themselves as far as building that family atmosphere and just stop just opening your gym and just trying to get people come in and get, you know, and pay and trying to use that old corporate big box gym model for an independent guy. You got to. Yeah. Just, I mean, follow the CrossFit model and get socks and shorts. Hire the socks, the shorter the shorts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. High <laughs> socks, short shorts. <laughs> when the socks climb up, the shorts climb away. <laughs> yeah. No, but just make sure, though. I don't know how. You, you got to probably differentiate who we're talking about here. Now, if this guy's doing that, I mean, hey, man, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. 
You're that's judging. not what I was talking about. <laughs> You're judging there, buddy. It's yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm just going for that. You know, I'm going for that feminist <laughs> crowd to get on iTunes and you know give us another bad review because like you know <laughs> Mike and me, you know, really sexist. You know, because they've never listened to our show. They didn't listen to the other 174. Well, episodes. I mean, here's what I'm not. I'm not. Anytime, anytime someone is pro testosterone and makes joke about estrogen, then you're considered some kind of misogynistic person, right? right? right. You're just a. You're, so I mean, that's that's what I'm deriving from that. Yeah, just like you're anti-female. Like, no, I'm anti-dudes having too much estrogen and turning and into I'm anti. I'm especially anti if they weren't born is, that way. If they were born that way, right. I have no problem there. But <laughs> these guys yeah. who are drinking their way and eating their way to being a female—that's a problem. And you should <laughs> you should find it as a problem as well, lady. <laughs> well, what these people don't realize is that testosterone is not a male hormone. And estrogen is not a female hormone because both men and women have both. <laughs> so not, neither one is relegated to the other. Now, obviously, men have way more testosterone than women. Or these days, that's changing though. <laughs> <You know? laughs> nowadays, I, nowadays, I'm seeing more estrogen in men than I see in most women walking around. Right. So maybe that's what's happening there is, is that the women's testosterone is going up too much. The estrogen in the men is going up too much. So everyone is – they don't know who they are anymore, and that's the real problem. You know? <laughs> They're confused now as a result of their hormonal profile. You know? It's totally understandable. You, know? you guys switch test results here? It's like which one of these belong to you? We're meshing into a unisex. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of a we lot of couples one, I always see, well, a lot of couples I always see are interchangeable, right? Like, <laughs> like, like my long-standing bad joke is that a lot of couples, male and female, look like lesbian couples yeah, you know, yeah. because this, the guy's got hips like a woman. He's got a short haircut. She has a short haircut. They're both overweight. You know, it's like that little cartoon. <laughs> I, they're I, both I wearing up. Crocs and they're both wearing khaki. khaki shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you lost me at the Crocs, buddy. Okay. <laughs> It's like you that cartoon. Judge, you can judge a level of uh, estrogen on a man by how tight his tights are. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole. That's a whole new movement that I just don't understand: is men wearing tights. I mean, it's been around forever. That's my look, Robin Hood. Hood. That movie didn't even do that well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are certain things that throw back to the '90s. You got to let go, man. Okay. Maybe they just maybe they just watch some Monty Python. Exactly. Inspire, you know. Say, so, hey, that looks pretty cool. Maybe I'll be cool if I wear that. You no, know? you're not cool, buddy. <laughs> So, Paul, switching into this um, powerlifting technique stuff, I'm curious. You've been powerlifting for a long time. You've been competing at a high level. I'm curious when it comes to the barbell squat because I think that's your best lift out of the three. You're good at everything, but that seems to be your best lift. Yeah, for sure. Do you prefer the bar placement to be high or low? Um, you know, I, I talk about that. Well, there's been a whole movement of like this low bar squat for mm. a lot of guys, a lot of young lifters, and I think they're um, they're doing it just because they see other people doing it, not right. because it's actually fit for their structure, right. you know. So I don't think, you know, I don't think one's worse than the other, just it really, to me, it depends on your structure, you right. know, and yep. what, what seems most natural, and I always revert back to, you know, because at the end of the day, a squat is an auxiliary movement to the weight, the weightlifting community, the Olympic-style weightlifting, you know, so... If you watch those guys squat, they're in the most natural move, natural position possible to be right. able to be buried in the hole, pretty much. Yeah. So I always, for me, it's a little bit more of a higher bar squat, and I have more of a narrow stance for a taller guy. But I think that's just kind of how it goes. The shorter guys have the stronger hips, so they're able yeah. to uh, kind of widen their stance a little bit and get a little bit more of a low bar squat. And, too, I'm, so. the, and I'm that guy. <laughs> I've recently discovered, like, you know, low bar squats work way better for me since I really started focusing on squats again. I was like, wow, how, why haven't I done this, like, decades ago? You know, but now I'm just, like, I'm really enjoying squats a lot more because of that. Because yeah. for me, like, I'm 
five eight, dude. And you okay. know, it's it's. But the thing is, I have long arms, so it was just really trying to find just that sweet spot. So it's not a super duper low squat. You know, it's just kind of, I'll say probably between mid and low, right there. Mm-hmm. It works for me just because of my arm length. But yeah. the high squat always felt funky. It always felt like I was getting ready to tip over one way or the other with that one. <laughs> you know, especially with my stance. Yeah, because so. shorter guys too are predominantly stronger in the hips. Yeah. And bigger, taller guys are have more back strength too. So right. yep. you just gotta, you gotta. I think as an individual, you gotta really play with it and figure out what's best for you, and not listen to the, the not listen to anyone or or look at some you know, high level lifter and say, Oh, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And it's just, and you see it all the time, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. To me, the most important thing in squat is first thing is foot position. If your feet placement are off, the whole lift's going to be off. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I think it's trial and error type thing, just playing with it and, uh, figuring it out. And that's kind of where I've done over the years, even when I was competing in, uh, with single, like single ply gear lifting, my squat wasn't perfect. You know, and I still had, I still felt vulnerability in my back and everything else. So believe it or not, it was like shoulder pain that caused me to do the no handed squats, but it literally made me learn perfect technique for myself. So I ended up hitting PRs with no hands because <laughs> I had crazy. it because I had to, because it was just too painful to hold the bar. Like, well, that's a good option for a yeah. lot of people who do have tight soul shoulders. I mean, it's not a good option for you to try out in the gym for the first time. If you don't no, know what you're doing. You have, no, you have no. to make sure. And you, you certainly don't want to use a low bar position. No. Uh, no. no. <laughs> because you know what? I, I use high bar too, and I'm six feet tall. So I mean, basically, I think if you're vertically challenged, low bar makes sense. Yeah. And if you're not, <laughs> then high bar makes sense for a lot of people. I find that the truth is always in the performance, right? Absolutely. So I mean, so, I mean if you're stronger, like I use a very narrow stance on deadlifting to the point where people are really surprised. But I'm way stronger in that position. Yeah. You know, I'm lifting way more and less stress on the back in that position than even a few inches wider. So the truth is always in the performance. I, I tried. I actually like the way low bar feels on squats, but I just felt that it just makes me shift my way where I'm leaning over too much, right? Where it almost feels like a good morning. And that could just be a technique flaw on my part. But when the bar is higher, I find that I can stay way more upright, more comfortably. And then the bar also stays in place. Sometimes if the bar is too low for me, I have a hard time keeping it in place. As I move around, the bar moves. So anyway, that's, those are probably just technique points I, I would need to work on. But naturally, the high bar works really well for me. I can just stay in that groove. And oddly enough, is for me, when it comes to deadlift now, I am not a fan of a sumo deadlift. You know, right. so I'm, I'm not happy with that, with my feet being that wide out or whatever else. And then it, it feels almost like it does when I'm doing, you know, a, a high bar squat. I feel, I'll feel a little wobbly left and right or whatever. I have to really focus on that balance, whereas I like the narrow stance on deadlift then, you know. When I'm doing Same it. here. I'm I'm because I again because of my my uh, height, I just feel so vulnerable trying to do a sumo. I don't even yeah. screw out it. I don't even yeah. do it as an auxiliary. Yeah. Especially it's, I had a I had a full hip replacement back about eight years ago, and uh, it just it makes me feel weak there. Yeah, so I was like, I'm not gonna even do it. Did you did you ever play around with it, Paul? Was it something you ever tried to work in? What's that? The sumos? Yeah. Uh, I've done it a couple times and I, I mean, I could move some weight, but I just think it's one of those, it's a very tech, it's, I think it's a lot more technical than, than a traditional style, uh, yeah. Yeah. because it's just the weight's a lot harder to get moving off the floor, but then right. the lockouts, the lockouts, 
easier. And, right. and it seems like your power is just really spilling out. I always say this, like with kettlebells, people like to have this wide stance with kettlebells. I'm like, you know, the narrower your stance, the more you got your power that can just shoot straight up. But right, like, if right. that makes sense, think about like a, a power level meter on a, on a video game. You know, it just shoots, that red goes up a lot faster the closer your feet are. But the more and more your feet separate, the more and more you got power to seem like it's spilling out, you know, as your feet are going out. So it just t- seems like it takes it away from that when you get that wider stance as far as really. But I, I, you know, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I really think that people in this whole atmosphere, whether you're doing CrossFit or you're bodybuilding or you're powerlifting, whatever you're doing, you really got to figure out what works for you and your structure, you know? And I think, I think that only happens with time and maturity yeah. in, in the, you know, in the, in the fitness industry or world or whatever you want to call it. Um, I just think people are so uh, uh, worried about what's going on around them, social media, people that, you know, the big, big name lifters. I had this kid tell me the other day at Fitness 19, who cracked me up was because I was helping him on his deadlift. I go, maybe, you know, he was going to try a max or, you know, or something. And I was like, why don't you throw a belt on, man? Oh, I don't use a belt. I was like, I go, why don't you use a belt? He's like, uh, some famous Russian lifter does it. If he doesn't do it, yeah, well, he's, <laughs> he, he's deadlifting a thousand pounds. You're deadlifting 300, you know? And I think a, a belt has its place. You, you don't need to train all the time with a belt. But when you're trying to go for that that all out max or max effort, you put the belt on. Get over the ego. Put the belt on. You, you should know? have told him like, "Look, kid. Look, a, you're not Russian. B, you're not <laughs> famous. Put a damn belt on." <laughs> I just these people get and, and C. If you can only lift 300, why are you even maxing? Just work on technique and get stronger, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it cracks me up over these, especially the younger generation. Because I've been I haven't been competing as much. I haven't competed at all in the last few years just because of the, the doing the business thing and it's been tied up. But I do more like little coaching style now, and it's like I I don't understand where these kids even come up with half the stuff they do. But they just really haven't been exposed to actually. That's what my point is: is go, finding that gym where I grew up. There was no you know you know there's no social media, so I went to the gym and asked the big powerful you yeah. know strong guys on how to lift. You know. Yeah. And. I think there's something to that, letting it happen organically when you go to a gym and you have those people around you rather than having so much information out there trying to pick and choose what's the right way to do it, you know? I don't mind people coming up to me and asking me questions at the gym, but I've learned from experience not to offer advice oh, where it's not which, where which it's works, not one. Which did. works in real life in all aspects. You know, Absolutely. So offering your yeah. advice, you know, they're probably not gonna take it. They and then if they ask only probably about ten percent are going to take it. <laughs> so well, they, they just don't value it, especially if they don't know who you are. Right. Like anytime right. I there was a time where I would see people doing kettlebell stuff, and no one, not one person, that have I ever seen use good kettlebell technique at the gym. Not one. So anyway, most of the time I just wouldn't bother with it. I would just make a mental note and be like, oh well. It, but the, every once in a while, someone would have techniques so bad. I was like, you know what? I feel kind of obligated to go say something because <laughs> I, would, know, I, would, I would hate to hear about this person. Like, yeah, I would hate to hear about this person hurting himself because I didn't, and I could have said something and made a difference. Right. But each time I've done that, it's always fallen off on getting defensive. Like, well, you know, this person told me to do it this way, or it's like, oh, I want to do it the hard way. And I was like, all right, you know what? You go ahead and do it the fucking hard way. When you're in the hospital bed, you know? well, don't be that guy that's on social media. Somebody, you know, yeah, man, I hate kettlebells. They hurt my back. Like, no, you see that a lot in the, um, especially in the CrossFit community where they're like, they, their point of pride is their injuries. <laughs> right. And it's like, I don't, my last thing I want to be is injured. So, <laughs> you know, I want to be able to. It's not a rite of passage. I'm sorry, man. There are better ways of learning than hurting yourself 
right. where, where it could have been avoided. You know, I always laugh when they, people like show their hands and their blisters all, their hands are all torn up from lifting, especially in kettlebells. I'm like, that's nothing to be proud of. That means your technique sucks ass. Fix it. Right. You know, there's nothing that's, where your hands are all torn up and bleeding. I'm like, why are you proud of that? It's, if anything, you should take a, a mental note like, okay, I've got to do better because now, guess what? That your hands are all torn up. You're not training for about a couple of days, maybe three or four. Right. You know, so now you've lost time. Are you proud of that? Come on, man. Fix it. I like what Steve Maxwell says about yeah. strength training. He goes, the whole point of strength training is to make your body stronger, more resilient to prevent injuries, not actually cause injuries. Exactly. You, know, you shouldn't be getting injured from your workouts because exactly. the whole point of that is to prevent injuries elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I just, again, I think it's a, and it's a combination of a lot of things why things are the way they are. But uh, I just think we've segregated everything so much where, you know, you have people just doing – uh, you know, powerlifting or bodybuilding or kettlebells. It's like, there's no, it's not one remedy. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's a combination of like, Mike, you're, you're the kettle. I know you as the kettlebell guy, but you know what? I always see you in the gym doing, doing power lifts and, and doing bodybuilding movements stuff. Right. stuff. You know, right. it's, 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 everything has its place. It's not just one thing. And I think that's the reason why, like, there's so much, Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm a power lifter. Well, you should be both. You should be both. I want to look like a bodybuilder. You know, I want to have that physique that I actually look like I work out. Right. Know? Right. That's, that, the, that's the other thing that's funny is like, like there's, there's there's also like you talked about how people like to wear their injuries. Some people take pride in being a slob and strong. It's like, yeah, I'm a fat slob, but I'm strong. I'm strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like it's, I couldn't uh, tell to my. I'm glad not, you, I'm not, glad not you a told single me person. Because yeah, I, but no I, one, no one wants to look like you. They they see what you can lift and they're like, oh, that's cool. But I would never want to look with like that guy. That's what goes goes through everyone's head. Kind of puts yeah. it on. Yeah, <laughs> that's what getting strong does to my body. Then I think I'll just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, you really, I mean, you're really judged on your appearance. Yeah, you know. Really. So you tell like, what you do. They look you up and down. They scan you. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. and then, you know, even guys are like checking you up from head to toe like, whoa, back up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. And it's, it's it, there's this one particular guy in the powerlifting federation that I deal with. And he's a really nice guy. And he but I mean, literally, the guy is morbidly obese. He's in he's gone away at least in the mid 400s, if not close to 500 pounds. Wow. And I have this guy telling me about dieting. And I'm like, <laughs> Dude, seriously? Did you say Did dying? I, <laughs> so you just said, <laughs> yeah, we talk about dying or dieting because there's two different things here. No, but it's just like, where does someone get off? Like, I would never preach about something or talk about something that I have never experienced. Not read, experienced. Something right. that I've done that I knew that didn't work for me or something that I've done that I was successful at. But I would never sit there and try to, like, talk about kettlebells because I don't know the extensive knowledge about kettlebells or even weightlift, uh, Olympic weightlifting. I, I know I love watching someone doing a, a snatch or a clean and jerk because it's one of the most impressive lifts to me. Yeah. But I don't, and I know kind of how they work, but I also don't, I'm not in the place to say, listen, this is what you need to do to get better at those lifts. So I only talk about stuff that I feel like I represent and that I know. So when I have someone 450 pounds, it's, you know, a BMI of 90% and he's trying to tell me about a carb backloading diet. And I'm like, Oh man, I, I, I want to get out of this conversation as fast as possible. It's like you're trying to give someone some advice on hairstyling. I'm like, come on, this is coming from a dude that hasn't cut his hair since 1993. <laughs> okay. It's really, it's really weird, man. I, I don't even understand how people come up with some of the stuff that they do, but I just try to try to keep blinders on and not be, 
too much of an asshole. <laughs> Let, let's backtrack a little bit to wearing a belt. Now, when you wear a belt and let's say you're deadlifting, do you mm-hmm. actively push your stomach into the belt to create pressure? How do you use it? Uh, you know what? I, I try to. Deadlift is one of my, I, I like I, I, it's probably one of my my weak, the weaker lifts out of the three for me. It's not horrible, but it's just something that does not come natural to me. So and, I have. And for, and for the listeners, Paul deadlifts way over six hundred pounds, yeah, right? <laughs> Don't think that. So he's check like, yourself. Oh, you like, oh, well, people listen listening are thinking, oh, maybe he only deadlifts four fifty. Is like, like, no, he deadlifts not. way over six hundred. Not even his warm up, buddy. Keep it moving. But you, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know what mm-hmm. feels natural and what doesn't. I've actually right. switched to a. Um, a hook grip overhand on you know double overhand uh, i was gonna ask you about that too yeah. because uh i you know due to just back vulnerability and feeling weird that little rotation in my left my left shoulder i could feel it in my left side of my lower back so yeah. it, i could tell that if i go push it to a certain weight then that's where i'm going to get injured you know so I really like the I really like the positioning of the double overhand or the hook wrap the hook grip. Now you tuck your thumb in and wrap your finger. Yeah, yeah. it hurts like a bitch too. Yeah, I, Mark Philippe. Yeah, he always tried to get me to do that, and I go, "This does not feel comfortable at all." Especially yeah. as the weights start getting heavy, you're crushing your thumb into the bar. First of all, just hearing "crush your thumb" into the bar sounds <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. Yep, but it works. I mean, it depends on too. I mean, I have you know I have pretty big hands, so it's it's. It's it's easier for me to get around and really get that that hook locked in. Yeah. And again, it's something I'm I'm working on. I I hit 585 with it the other day, nice. and it my thumbs were sore as hell, but <laughs> it, overall positioning felt so much better. You know. Right. So it just and then the belt. You know, I put I do try to overemphasize pushing into the belt, but it's one of those things I have to think about to where it just doesn't come natural to me. So yeah. I do it when I try to, when I try to do it. <laughs> what about if you're not wearing a belt, you just brace your abs, like you're bracing for a punch or what do you do there? Uh, I just try to be as tight as possible. Like, yeah. and again, like I'll go back real quick, go back to the no handed squats. When I sit myself in the position, like it literally, you know, I feel everything just tighten my whole body, literally just tighten up immediately. Soon as I sit myself in the position and let, let go of the bar, which I try to hone that tightness in with all the lifts, yeah. And I'm doing it because it's just so important to be so tight. So yeah, I, and I do a lot of like um, I do a lot of some of the stuff you do, like those dragon flags, Mike. You know where you really you're putting a lot naturally, putting a lot of stuff that makes you be tight. Yeah, I picked that. I picked that up from you actually. I saw you oh, really? dragon flags, and I was like, that was like that looks cool. And to my surprise, I was actually good at them from the first run. And then and then I then what really made me keep doing them is how impressed other people are and what i mean is i would demonstrate those at workshops and no one could do it and i've been all over the world teaching workshops and maybe one or two people out of dozens and dozens of workshops can do a good dragon flag yep and it's it's funny because it's i get looks at looks looked at too because i'm six three so it's like when you see a bigger guy doing a body movement like (laughs) yeah you weigh what 250 something like that yeah i'm right now about two right around 260 but yeah so that's really impressive for a guy your size doing dragon flags you don't i don't think i've ever seen that besides you know you know know, the cause of that is but ken 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 can only do the negative though he can't do it off the bench yeah Yeah. paul's doing it off a bench up and down not just the negative holding on the two (laughs) kettlebells yeah (laughs) 
That's too many times I'm watching Rocky IV. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I watch Rocky IV now, I'm like, ah, I can do Dragon Flags way better than that. <laughs> <laughs> like, those, are, those, those, are, those are half reps compared to what I do. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found that gym yet that has a wagon in it that I could fill people exactly. in so I could try to military press. I was showing some kid how to do Dragon Flags maybe towards the end of last year and he, he tried to do and he was having a really hard time. His face looked like it was about to explode like a watermelon. And then his friend is his friend is like, oh, is it really that hard? I was like, get on the bench and fucking try, motherfucker. You know? It's like, obviously it's hard. I make it look easy. So you guys think, oh, well, it can't be that hard. That guy's just banging out reps a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah. people look like they're ready to implode, man. <laughs> they're doing, forget you're about not, You're not standing behind it because you know they're about to squeeze a fart out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want to go to Taco Bell right before you try Dragon Flags. That's for sure. Man. Yeah, not a good <laughs> no, but most people can't even control the, the negative. Forget about the concentric. Just lowering under control is actually a good app exercise. Yep. Yeah, so I, I, for me personally, I try to do movements like the, like really, there's I use three, three really hard ab movements. We could call them ab movements, but they're uh-huh. more than that. But the dragon flag, I do those, uh, I think they call them windshield wipers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and those then, are hard. Uh, I'll do the uh, on my feet. I'll do the like the wheel where I roll all the way out and roll yeah. all the way in, which is super hard. But it really makes you know how to stabilize and tighten everything up, and it's a really good carryover to doing the power lifts because that's where you need to be in the beginning and any in the beginning position of any of the power lifts, bench, squat, or deadlift. You need to be super tight and ready to be to be. There was a, there was a guy at the gym one time. I just thought of this this funny story where. I forgot what he benched, but it wasn't anything impressive. And he gets off the bench. He's like, yep, still strong as I was when I was in high school. And Paul's right there. He goes, he goes, that's pathetic, man. You're a grown man now. You, know, you should be way stronger than that. And I started laughing, thinking, I was like, man, I was, I was weak as fuck in high school. I would, I would be embarrassed, too, if that's all I could do. Like, like, like he's, he's breaking off his girlfriend. He's like, yep, still hitting it like I did in high school. Like, yeah, yeah. Still going in two minutes, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's so many funny stories like that. Paul's Paul's real quick on his feet with these like little reps. There was this one kid walking around. He had this shirt that said power lifts. And this guy only bench presses, right? So Paul's like, power lifts? You mean power lift? You know? <laughs> it's like, you don't squat or deadlift. You know? <laughs> there's a, what's the name of that young guy, Paul, at the gym? I forget. I mean, you used to. We all used to hang out a little bit. Oh man, what is this that kid's name? He's a cool guy. He's he's actually really strong now. He used to ask us for advice a lot when he first started coming into the gym, and then like a year later, he was deadlifting 500 pounds. And he was he was working with you quite a bit. I think he went to was some it, competitions. There was two kids that I, I got competed at that competing at that time. It was his name was J Row. Yeah, I think it's him. Right? He yeah, works, yeah. he works over at the Tau now, I believe. Yeah, at the yeah. Venetian. Yeah, cool guy. But he was one of those dudes who was very hungry for advice, right? Like he yeah. came in and he was a sponge. He was like, all right, I'm going to listen to what these guys have to say. And I remember one time he saw me bench press 315 for reps. He's like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. And then last year I saw him bang out eight reps easy. I, was, I know. I was like – and I was really impressed by that. I was like, man, that's awesome, man. Because I remember just a couple of years ago you were having a hard time with 225 and now you're – Wrapping out with 315, you're deadlifting 500, you're strong on the squat. So that's cool. It's it's gratifying when you see someone who is ready to take advice and yeah, actually apply it. it. And does it? It's it's something that money really can't um, provide for you. And I like you know I, I helped a kid over the weekend because I for my company I set up at a powerlifting meet and another kid from Fitness 19 was competing at it first first meet, but just because I fixed his squat in the gym and to see like he hit PRs all through the meet 
And I felt the sense of gratification because I, you know, I mean, like he didn't, he was very technical, hit the lifts perfect. And like, it was cool to see. And it's just, it's, it's a good feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. When someone actually listens and it, it proves what you preach is right, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of no cool. Doubt. No doubt. I think, well, I think people don't realize how generous a lot of people are. What we don't like though, is just wasting our time. Right. No one wants to waste their time giving advice and it just falls on deaf ears. Right. Yep. No one wants to keep giving the same advice over and over again. Like I've had people where like every three months you meet up with them and they're and they're you know you're still giving the same advice. Like, what what have like, you done since the last time we met? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Especially I thought about what you said. <laughs> you know, if people ask your advice on dieting, that's the hardest one. Forget oh, no about doubt, no doubt, no doubt. when the dieting questions come out. I feel like I'm just wasting my breath, and it's like. I know you're going to be ten. You're going to be the same weight six months from now, and you're still going to be asking questions. Basically, what you want to hear is you could eat whatever you want exactly. and not really train that hard and no, lose that's, weight. Absolutely, that's exactly <laughs> what people want to hear. Food is an addiction for people. So people, like any addict, people are always going to try to find rationalizations to avoid changing behavior. What, yep. What's the best cocaine I should sniff, man? Tell me, <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. It's no different. It's no different. <laughs> what's the best crack I can get? Like, what's the best corner I can go grab some crack? <laughs> Because this is this crack's not working for me, man. Well, what what yeah, people want to hear that. is some secret strategy that allows them to counter the negatives of what they're doing. Right. So it's like, oh, I love eating a lot of sugar, this and that. So what can I do to counter that? It's like you can cut it out. <laughs> you know, well, no, that's I, about I, it. I know. And then you always hear this. Well, I know that, but what you know, but what else can I do? <laughs> I, I don't have. Wait. Like, I definitely. You, have can, like, you can sprinkle fairy dust all over yourself <laughs> and make three wishes. You know. <laughs> It's funny because uh, I I do I do a little bartending now still and uh, uh I don't I just don't have a filter anymore I I really never had a filter but usually when I'm working somewhere I well I, you're you're a good bartender man okay. so I, would, I would come over to the Palazzo every once in a while when you were bartending there and you have you have good rapport with people yeah All right, so but, I know but, what we're doing next month when I come out there man yeah, 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 out yeah. Fall, man but uh it's funny because I had this girl at the bar uh, the other day and for some reason we got talking about. Or her boyfriend was a pro football player, and he was on steroids. And we got we got on the steroid talk, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and uh, so I was trying to explain. I just we, the conversation lasted for a good 45 minutes, but finally I just told her girl she wasn't listening to anything I was saying, and she wasn't making any sense, and she was speaking loud so other people heard her, and she was basically saying like steroid uses, you're cheating, all this stuff, whatever. Yeah. yeah and I was like, I go, you know what? You sound really stupid. <laughs> that was all I had for her because I had to get myself out of the conversation. And she was like this pretty girl, like she wanted attention. I was like, yeah, you just yeah, sound really yeah, dumb. Yeah. I was sure, like, I'm I don't sure know you see right. a lot of that. I, would, I remember when you were working over at the the Pearl, the Palms, the yeah. Palms, that, that bar outside of the Pearl. Anyway, I was I went over there to play blackjack one time, and in between rounds, I just went over to the bar, hang out, talk to Paul a little bit, get a drink. And there was this, I was talking to you, and this really good looking girl came up, and I think she was there the night before. And we're having this nice conversation, you know, nothing, just a nice conversation, regular conversation. And then, and then it hit me later when I was playing cards. This is how naive I was at the time. I, it hit me later. I was like, wait a minute, she's a hooker. She was I'm trying not, to hustle me. I was about to say, what she was like, right? Yeah, yeah, no. She, was, it like, was it like the and, night and we nor, Normally, you know, I've lived in Vegas for a long time, so I can spot that a million miles away. But this, this girl was a little bit more toned down, right? She wasn't overly uh, ostentatious with her looks or anything like that. In terms, she wasn't wearing like a skirt shirt and like too much makeup or any of that stuff. You know, she like was pretty, but it was subdued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was very attractive, but subdued. And she was very 
she she didn't have a strong hustle. It was very subtle. But I, but I didn't even think about it at the time. I was like, hey, nice talking to you. I'm going to go play cards now. But then I, then I was at the card table and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. As I'm losing four hands in a row because I'm not concentrating because I'm thinking about that. I was like, wait a minute. She just tried to. She's like, she was just uh, trying to get me to. I got a few hundred dollars for her now, wasn't she? she? She did it so subtle that she's probably thinking, I'm just like, man, that moron's not that quick, is he? You know? just like, I, was, I wasn't talking to him for 30 minutes just for fun. You know? <laughs> but that, that kind of thing is like an every night endeavor out here in Las Vegas, man. Anytime you see an attractive woman by herself at a bar in Vegas at night, come on. You, know? you got you to look close, though. You can always find the telltale sign. It's like there's like a, a guy's name tattooed on their breast. They're, they're a tooth. They're always missing a, like, a band of tooth. You know, they're always drinking Red Bull. I could pick them from a mile away. <laughs> missing a tooth. <laughs> now, why, why do you think? Why, <laughs> why do you think? Oh, that is hilarious, man. Why do you think that is common? The two. Now I'm really curious. Well, no, because it's it's just like they're hardened girls. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. These girls live like a rough life. So no, like, you're there's right, always you're right, you're right. half the time you could expect their pimp to be walking around the casino. You know? Yeah. So it's like it's funny because I've you know been but in. But sometimes so they don't. Sometimes they just look. They just look like everyday women, though, right? Like they're not. They're dressed in a like a way a regular oh, yeah. girl would go out. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's not always obvious. So let me give you a funny story. I was working at the Venetian at the time, and I was in the lounge, and this one girl, she would, and we knew her because she would come in every day. And, like, if they know how to work it, right, with the bartenders, you know what I mean? They, they kind of bring you people in and bring guys in to get you to tip, get them right, to tip, right. all that crap, you know? Right. So we knew this girl on a daily basis. So she comes in, and I was talking to her, and then I knew the guys that came in that were undercover cops. So she was talking to them, and then they had, they went to the bathroom or something like that, and I said – Listen, if I could give you any advice right now, I'd say get out. Just leave. Just <laughs> yeah. Without telling them, like, I didn't want to be like, hey, there are cops. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes, really? I go, yeah, right now. And uh, so <laughs> she, <laughs> all of a sudden, like, I see her leave. And then next thing you know, like, you just see these two cops tackle her down in the middle of the casino. Oh, man. <laughs> like, man. like, it's like it was like a high, high, you know, she was hightailing out of there. And they just kind of beelined her. Like, I was like, oh, man, she didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, Sincere, Sincere and I were at the Rio a while back. He came in for a podcast conference. And we were just hanging out. And, like, every five seconds, we saw some girl getting kicked out. Like, a girl would walk in and security would be like, no, 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 no. Turn around. Go, go. <laughs> and it was I go, what's going on here this weekend? Because I've never seen so many working girls in in this in such a small space. Yeah, I mean, they were all over the place. On. Yeah, that podcast. Yeah, 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 you had yeah, CES right. going on. And I think also the AVN Awards were going on, which which is I mean, is that's already Hooker Fest as it is. You know, adult video news. So I'm just like, come on, right, man. Right. <laughs> it was a it was a kick in January weekend in Vegas. Okay, just put it like oh, yeah. that. It's just it was always strategically planned. You got the geeks and the freaks coming in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same week. Yeah, if there's ever a Comic Con convention in Vegas, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a bunch of hookers dressed like Princess Leia showing up at the exactly. <laughs> But you do realize Princess Leia wore other outfits other than a slave outfit, right? <laughs> Did she? Z- Zena the warrior princess. <laughs> <laughs> Zeno the warrior princess there'll be like dozens of them in abundance. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, I don't know how we got on this topic, but uh, <laughs> but it's a fun one. No, but you know what? You know what? Talk about a waste of resources, though, for undercover policemen. I mean, come on, like two undercover police guys are tackling some girl at the beach. Like there there aren't better things to do in Las Vegas. There aren't like higher crimes to go after. Exactly. No, that's my and that was my thing. And I, you know, honestly, like when you get to know, you know, talk to some of these these girls, and you do, we just be by default because you're there, and it's like they're they're not bad. You know, they're they're nice people, and they're sure. just. That's the path that they've chosen, and it is what it is, you know. Right, so, right. Like, I don't know. It's just we have all these stigmatisms about everything. At least I think they should make it. it. I mean, there's some girls posting selfies on on Facebook, and you know they call yeah. those internet models on Instagram or whatever else. They're <laughs> they're in Dubai every other week, but they're just a model. And you know, yeah, yeah. for booking yeah. inquiries, you know, they got their numbers on Instagram. I'm like, wow, I didn't know Instagram was a booking agency for a month. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, how are you getting to Dubai just by being on Instagram? I'm talking about obviously, I don't know, Chrissy Charles and all them, they must be doing it wrong. <laughs> so I need to take advice from you girls, man. Come on. <laughs> you see a lot of that desperation in Vegas though, where someone working at the strip club a little bit too long. You know, she's 40 and she's still there. And these people that are working the casinos, it's like this, I don't judge it at all, but but I almost feel bad because there's this, there's just like this feel of real desperation. You know, that's the energy I pick up. Yeah. It just seems like such a desperate way to make money. It's like that in, to be honest with you, in this, the service industry in general, like cocktail yeah. waitresses, bartenders, oh, yeah. DJs. <laughs> it's just, there's long, there's good money in it. But what happens is as you get older, you realize that, okay, I've waited too long to try something else. Exactly. So now, right. now you're stuck. Now you're, then that's kind of where I was. I was like, you know what? I love bartending. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's, you know, you meet, meet a lot of nice people, but I was like, I don't want to be in, you know, 10, 12 years saying I should, I should have got out, you know? And Look. so now I just do it as a hobby because it's, it's, it is fun, you know, and it's yeah. some extra cash or whatever, but. So that, 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 that's a good segue into this whole coffee business you got into. When did you decide to get into this? Because I've known you for a long time. I didn't realize that you were so passionate about coffee. Uh, well, I, I mean, I've been drinking coffee since I'm a kid. I just, it's in my family, you know. But um, I just bought a year ago, not even a year ago. It's, it's pretty new. But uh, I just, I've always used coffee as my pre-workout, you know. I always had a Starbucks in my hand or a coffee I made at home or whatever. And uh it's just, I was like, one day I was sitting there and I was like, you know what I've never seen is a pre-workout coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's kind of where it started. And I also, I, I did a graphic design course at the Art Institute and I had to create a logo for a class, for a fake business. And uh, so this, the, the logo that I have is the one I created. So the more I sat on it, I was like, I wonder if this could even actually happen. So I got in touch with a roaster that was in, in Arizona through a good friend of mine. Traveled out there to talk to him and uh, to see if the, the whole like infusion or outfusion, I would technically call it, could actually happen. And uh, according to him, it was pretty simple, pretty straightforward. And then that's kind of where it, where it took off, you know. So infusion is you're adding other ingredients to the coffee. Like, for example, one of yours has you know, him bean and some branched chain aminos and yeah. infused into it. Yeah. And it's really more so of an outfusion where like so okay. it's it's done like as if you would flavor coffee. Because you can't really infuse anything into the beans, but uh, right, it's they the way they flavor coffee is they get uh, whatever flavoring. Say you have a hazelnut flavored coffee bean, they get that into an oil. It's an oil based solution, and then the beans after they come out of the roaster are uh, are coated with that. So then it just dries to the bean, and then they just you you know you use it like normal, just grind and brew like normal. So that's kind of the concept of how I do the uh, get the supplements in there. 
Yeah, I can understand how you can get supplements such as yohimbine in there because that's it only requires a very low dosage, mm -hmm. such as 1.5 milligrams, something like theanine at 100 milligrams, things like that. Mm -hmm. Now, with branched-chain aminos, those are often used in grams, right, high amounts, 5, 10, 15, 20 grams. Some people, Charles Poliquin recommends 15, 20 grams during, in your workout water, so during your workout, intra-workout supplementation. Right. So how can you get enough of the branched chain amino acids to the coffee where it's effective? Um, it's it's a, there's a small amount in there. You know, what I mean, I, I didn't want to subject the taste of the coffee either. You know, because yeah, that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, that's another thing. The, yeah, that you know, so I got as much as I could get into in there without um, making the coffee taste weird or different. Because I I want to appeal to the you know I want to appeal to the masses. I want to appeal to people who drink coffee, people who work out, people people for really for people who train for anything, not just lifting. Right. You know, so I'm I try to kind of hit the best of both worlds, and I use a uh, actually I actually was um, doing the roasting myself in the beginning because the guy that I was going to use in Arizona he just fell off, never contacted me, got back to me. So I ended up was like all right. I'll, <laughs> so I I bought roasters for my home. And I started kind of playing around with the, you know, the, the levels of the supplements and the, the roasting. And I, I learned a lot. I was glad it happened that way because I learned a ton about it. Yeah. And um, so now what I do is I I have a – due to sales and stuff, I have a, uh, a local roaster that does it for me. And then I'm the one that does the uh, the outfusion process and all that. But um, as far as the aminos go, it's like it's one of those things. It's just – it's just something that's going to be in the coffee that you drink anyway every day because you can use this coffee. You can replace it with your normal coffee, and um, it, you know it's an additive. It's going to give you that little extra that if you've already you're already taking in aminos and all the other supplements, you know. Right. So, right. So yeah. you're drinking coffee anyway, so you get a little bonus here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny that you brought up the whole taste thing because you know Mike and I for probably like last year or so, you know, because right. I've been wanting to work on my own coffee, but you know, Mike was like, "Hey, it'd be cool if you infuse like you know supplements in it and whatsoever." And I was like, "Yeah, but it's just the biggest thing is just the taste, and, you know." Yeah. And, and being a coffee snob, he's like, "You don't want that taste to be compromised, and especially if you you get co coffee snobs like such as Paul and myself, just like, oh, oh man, this would have been really, you know, it was a good idea on paper, but then it was a bad idea in my coffee cup, <laughs> you know." So. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, that's just been like the biggest like obstacle, whereas haven't been trying to rush it or anything like that. It's just like just like you. I've been, you know, I'll roast on my own and try some things. And also with me, it's just like I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm big on people having the whole bean and grinding it right then for the freshness yeah. of the coffee. And yep. so I, I, I'm not a big fan of already having the coffee already ground for them, which means, yep. you know, the timetable is even shorter now as far as how good the coffee is going to be. That's always been a big hang up with me. Well, so. well why, why is that important to have it pre-ground as opposed to ground? I mean, this is the difference between, you know, having some coffee that comes fresh from a roaster where it's like, oh, you can taste all these different characteristics in the coffee. And you're like, right. wow, you're like, this coffee is very flavorful. I can taste like hints of chocolate, you know, caramel, current, black current or something like that compared to, oh, this tastes like Starbucks or this tastes like Folgers. OK, this just tastes like shit. You know, there's the big difference. Yeah. <laughs> right there. And you really see that. So basically, after a coffee's after the beans have been roasted, you've pretty much got about 21 days max, you know, before that coffee really starts kind of getting a little funky. Get a little funky, especially if you've trained your palate 
to see the difference. A lot of people right. drink. Well, maybe that's the problem with some coffee. Difference. It's it's shit infused. Maybe that's the problem with the <laughs> well, and, and that's well, not they, that's not on the label. The <laughs> you know, that's the most expensive coffee in the world. The one where they yeah, 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 the cats or the, or the elephants yeah, and they yeah, shit yeah. it out. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> that sounds great. That's the thing. I mean, I had that guy reach out to me on on um, Instagram, not Instagram, but Twitter before. And I'm like, dude, elephant shit, really? Are we, <laughs> we doing that? That's a thing now. He's like, no, you, don't knock it till you try it. I'm like, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. Okay. I, it's funny because I I actually a friend of mine went to Bali. Yeah, that's, she that came was... back. She came back with this same that same type of coffee, but it's apparently it's the uh, the the monkeys that are in the yeah. forest that do it right. So I was kind of hesitant myself. I'm like, wait a second, this stuff's been processed. You know what I mean? It's just like when you think about where it's been. <laughs> Literally, so it's like monkey's so, ass. <laughs> yeah, a monkey's ass. Exactly. Monkey ass up. coffee. There you go. <laughs> right. You want to act like a monkey's ass? You drink this. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I uh, I actually gave it a whirl, and I, it you know what? It was it was good. <laughs> You know, here's here's what's crazy. That's primal who, coffee at its best, right there. Who, who's the first person to try exactly. this? Who like, thought this was a good idea? You know, like, hey, like, you know come here, little monkey, and you give him a fucking <laughs> and you wait for him to take a shit that day, and you're like, yeah, let me just go ahead and roast this up. Like, who? It's all, all these different little uh, innovations. I always wonder who was the first. Who thought this was a good idea? Think about anything, though. Anything's really derived from really poor people. Yeah, they figure out ways to do do that's stuff right. without right. having really the means to do it. I mean, so. Just the origin of coffee itself, you know, and just yeah. the roasting of it. If you look at the history of it, when it happened in Ethiopia, when you know the Arabs discovered how, by roasting it or whatever, and yeah. they're the ones. It was just an accident. You pour, yeah. you know, and it any, was out there. Any cuisine, I mean, if you trace back any cuisine, it's really comes from where the people were, you know, their their surroundings and being able to do what what they had and make mass production of it you know yeah so it's like you you could trace that back to any kind of like whether it be polish food or italian that's a good food point or, indian yeah. food is so rich and india is one of the poorest countries around right so yeah. that's that's a perfect example right. so you, you you know that's a good point actually for someone to extrapolate into other areas i found that when i first started my business i didn't have any cash flow so i couldn't spray the money hose and just hope for good options you had to be really creative and innovative right yep. and then as your business became more successful the temptation was there to okay let's just pump a bunch of money into advertising and uh, maybe sponsoring a podcast etc and so forth and those methods never worked they were always a waste of money and time so so you have to go even if you have the cash flow to do it you have to go back to that mindset of not having cash flow and being creative yes. and innovative yeah, yeah. that gorilla mindset, man. You just need to hold on to that, man. Right. That's hold that's on. where I'm at. I mean, be honest with you. I mean, people, it's funny because I, you know, I've never, I was never on social media before before this company. So it's like people see pictures of me at events and they're like, oh, I'm so, you know, congratulations on your success. And I'm like, <laughs> what success? You know, just because I'm in a couple pictures with some people doesn't mean I'm making it big, you know. And uh, that, so, that's the illusion of social yeah. media. Yeah, social so, proof, you know, that's the, yeah, all these know, marketers knew, talk about. Take yeah, a picture exactly. with this big wig so it looks like, you know, hey, I, you're I a big wig. I hate that shit. Whenever, whenever <laughs> I see that, I think automatically the opposite. He doesn't I know go, you. That's what yeah, I'm always thinking. No. I mean, I came from the entertainment look, industry. Look, there's I mean, a lot of people, <laughs> if you do know, you're not going to take a picture with them and post it because you already know those people, right? You know, you don't have to make sure everyone else knows. You know. Right. You're not going to use those methods. So to me, it's always fraudulent. It's, right. it's, it's, it's a, one of those it's a things where, so for me, 
social media is it's free. That's why I use it, you know, because it's oh, like, and, it, and it can be used effectively. Too. Absolutely. But most people don't use it. effectively. No, most no. people are on there for totally self-indulgent, self-gratification. Absolutely. You know, they're on there just to get a little pat on the back. Tell me how great I am. Low self-esteem. They're not doing anything. Basically useful. Basically holding up that cardboard sign. We'll work for likes. We'll take off my clothes for likes. <laughs> I had this you know, a prime example. I had this kid. I was like I said, over the weekend, I was doing this demo. And I had this young kid that come up to me and I know, like, I know him. And this, this guy is like a social media warrior. You know what I mean? He, and he's a decently like strong kid, but you know, he thinks he has fans. So the way he, wa- he even walks in with an entourage, you know, and, uh, and Wu Tang kind of weightlifting here. <laughs> he comes over to my, my little stand and I have coffee brewing and cups and he, he starts pouring himself a cup of coffee and I'm looking at him and I, I'm like, and I, and I charge for the cups when I'm there. Yeah. Too, so. <laughs> he's drinking the coffee. And then we're talking, and then he starts walking away. I go, yeah, hey, buddy. Uh, I'm not going to use his name, but I was like, it's uh, two bucks. Come on, use his name. (laughs) It's just just the balls of these people. Like, dude, you're not famous. Just because you squat 500 pounds, so does every other person on social media. So yeah. get over yourself well, and give me my two dollars. <laughs> some delusions of grandeur is what happens a lot, right? Because now you're, you're someone who never got that kind of attention, and then you've somehow managed to use socialized media, social media, in a way to get attention. And yeah. now enough people have told you that you're great that you start believing that bullshit and you start acting. No, it's so in the back of his mind, he thinks he's doing you a favor. He's like, well, I got all this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They see me drinking your coffee, then I'm doing. I'm helping your business. So yeah, you're, yeah, you're, no, he, that kid thinks that way. He's like 23 or 22. And I was like, but I need two bucks. <laughs> and I would, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, I do charge sometimes, but if there's people that come, I, it's not like I'm, I, I'll give a free cup of coffee. I don't care. But it's just the way he came about it. I'm like, yeah, now I'm definitely charging you. Yeah, it's yeah, two yeah, bucks, absolutely. but somewhere for everyone else. But today for you, five bucks, asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, your, your real friends are going to support your business. Yeah, I always say, I always say a lot of times, a lot of times, so-called friends try to get free stuff from you that they would be willing to pay strangers for. I know. Exactly. I've always found that ironic. So when you told me about your coffee company, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll send you a bag. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go home and buy a bag from you because I want to support your business. You don't have to send me a bag. Right. Like, what, I can't afford 10 bucks or whatever it is to buy a bag right. of coffee. <laughs> you know? But well, a lot know. of, a lot of people really think that way. Yeah. It's really bizarre. <laughs> yeah, but they'll go spend about that much money on an overpriced milkshake at Starbucks because that's not coffee anymore. That's dessert. Or, or from a stranger, like no, like no one would ex- expect a stranger to give you free products and services. No, but somehow people think it's okay for friends to do it, even though you're just taking away from their business. Like if you're a real friend, you're going to support their business. It's like, hey, you hook your boy up. Can... Like you can hook, you can hook yeah. me up with some money yeah. to pay for this because that's what <laughs> the, the manufacturer and everybody I dealt with to produce this product, they didn't hook me up. They didn't give it to me for free. So come on, man. I know. Cause I, I mean, I, like we were talking earlier, I mean, this, this, my business has been started on very, very little funds. And, uh, and I've done what I needed to do with the resources that I've had to get to where I'm at. And it's, it's not even anywhere. I'm not even, I don't even consider myself gone anywhere, but I have made progress in the short amount of time I've uh, been in business. So, and I, I just been, honestly, it's one of those things that I'm like, I'm sure you can understand. It's like when you start your own business in anything, it's just, you enjoy it so much. You know, I'm passionate about it yeah. and I really enjoy it because I do the graphics for it and all that stuff. So I'm always putting my time. If I have free time, it's going into the business, you know, and just working hard at it. So yeah. there's a lot of gratification that, you know, again, that mo- that money can't provide that w- where you get from it. You know, it's pretty right. cool. 
like yeah, the, the the amount of work you're willing to do for your own thing is going to be exponentially higher than what you're willing to do for someone else. Yeah, yeah. it's just the reality of it. Yep, absolutely. But again, it's something you actually it's work. You it's it's still work. Some of people think when you pursue what you want to do, it's just little fun and games. No, it's still work, but it's work you actually want to do, and that's right. what makes the difference. And to me, if I could, to me, I would be able to consider myself retired early from working from someone if I'm working for myself because I don't look at it. Like we were just like you just said, I don't yeah, look at it point. as you know mundane. I got oh god, I got to go clock in somewhere or something like that. I just I really enjoy doing it, so it's yeah. not it's not that big of a deal to me, you know. Yeah, it's a totally different mindset than let me put in thirty years somewhere and I hate it, but then I'll have some free time to go. Right. My life. <laughs> oh, it's it's like why don't you do what you actually want to do, and then you're enjoying now and later. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think I think it's a fear, you know. I think that's a big fear for people because people literally set their whole lives up around the income that they make. So then you're kind of restricted from actually trying something that you would want to do because right. now you have three right. kids, oh, yeah. you have a family and a house yeah. and a car and all that stuff. They're always proud about that set income they've been like, yeah, you know, I make about sixty a year, and they, yeah. and they're they're happy with that. And then five years later, yeah, man, I make sixty a year. Like, damn, dude, in five years you haven't made anything more than that. You tell me, you haven't put any interest 60, on that income. Sixty-one point five. You know, or it's been it's been ten years, and then the company lets you go for no reason. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's actually a lot riskier to be an employee than to start your own yes, thing, in my opinion, because you get laid off at any point. Now, if you start your own thing and you play it right, and you actually build it to a point where it's sustainable then the likelihood of it going to zero is very low, right? There's going to be ups and downs with any business, yep. but I'm not going to make X amount one month and then the next month it's zilch. <laughs> you know? right, exactly. there's, going to, there's going to be warning signs like, okay, it's time to change directions because you've had a couple down months. Let's figure out why. And then right. you steer you steer the boat back in another direction. You have warnings along the way. When you work for some, I, I, I was laid off from three different companies when I worked for other people, and it was very sudden. Yep. And it was just boss man comes in the door saying, hey, we don't need your services anymore. <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> There's no I mean, severance, the nothing. <laughs> I got laid off from my last job, right? And I didn't even get like two weeks advance, nothing. And they actually had the gall to expect me to come in during those last two weeks. I, I, just, took, I, just, I just left. I'm I just surprised left. they didn't fire you on a Friday, <laughs> like Friday afternoon. No, this guy, took like, me out for di- this guy took me out for drinks, which I already knew what that meant. I was like, come on, dude, just fire me so we don't have to waste time going out for drinks at the fucking bar. But then it's like, it's like, okay, you know, we still expect you to come in during the last two weeks. I was like, why? What are you going to do? You're going to fucking fire me again? So of course, so of course, I didn't show up. I went home and I stayed home. And then I get a call from the boss, being like, hey man, you know, this, you know, we we expected you to come in. This is a big problem. I was like, it's not a big problem for me, motherfucker. Right. You should have given me two weeks advance. I'm, if you didn't give it to me, I'm taking it. It's like, what are you going to do? You going to fire me? You think I would come to you for a reference for another job? You fired me, tip shit. You have right. no just, power over me whatsoever. Just think of that mentality, how insane that is. Yeah. We're going to treat right. you like shit, but we still expect you to come in and work for us. <laughs> the sad thing is 90% of people would have come in because okay. they, have that, they have that fear-based mentality. I need that but, you know, this, this, this guy did give me some good parting advice, though. He goes, you know what? I don't think this working for other people is for you. You know, you're more of an entrepreneurial type person. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're a fucking idiot, but you're right about that. So I'm going I'm to take you. I'm going to take that advice and never look back. And sure enough. I got into what I do now and never looked back. That was 2002. Yeah, the same thing happened to me at the Venetian. I, after 10 years, I was let go over a day off. Wow. And, and it was really like immediately. Yeah, I remember that. Wasn't that over some meet you were at? A yeah, it was over yeah. a powerlifting yeah. meet. I, I, My days off were the day that fell on the powerlifting meet, so I never asked for it off. And then they switched all of our schedules around, did a whole rebid and all that nonsense. And uh so then I, if I just called in sick, I would have been fine, but I tried to do the right thing and cover my shift. 
And then they told me I couldn't have it off. I'm like, well, I'm taking it off because I've trained, not to mention I trained for that thing for, you know, how many months. And then, so anyway, lo and behold, I, I called in sick that day and then that's when it ended up letting me uh, go for. Yeah. But uh, that being said, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> it, it always is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, that was a hard point in my, point in my life. I went yeah. through wars. I lost yeah, my job. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, but, you know, after the dust cleared, it's like, Man, I would not be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing right now if I was still there. And I talk to guys that are there 15, you know, almost 20 years, yeah. and they're miserable. They're well, miserable. I, I, the best thing that happened to me is I got laid off too because it was a cushy job, right? I was making good money, and I didn't like it, but I wasn't going to quit because it was too easy. I was like, you know, I'm making good money. This is easy as fuck. It's yeah. not It's not remotely exciting. But the funny thing is I was actually starting what I do now on the side there. Like I, I would go to the office, and there wasn't that much to do. So I would shut the door and start writing articles for you know, T Nation and uh, you know, Bodybuilding.com, etc. Right, right. <laughs> so like, I'm going to get my business going on their clock. Yeah. And then so when, when I did get laid off, I didn't actually start from total zero. I actually had a couple of things in motion. All, all I did was just speed up the dial. Yeah. Just ramp it up, just get going. But I'm really glad I did get laid off because I I, I would have stretched that out. I don't know if I would have stretched it out indefinitely, but I I wouldn't I wasn't ready to quit when I got laid off. So yep. it ended up working in my favor. Same for me, you know. And now it's funny because my logo is my face on the on the bag. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I know that I know that my ex has seen that in places. I just <laughs> I hope she sees through that face. Come on, you put the angry and angry Joe chick. Okay? You, can, you can send her a, yep. send her a poster. Send her, send her a poster to put on her bedroom wall. Exactly. Yep. You see this face? To my you were the inspiration behind this. Face. <laughs> thank you. I should give but, you a. Run but I'm not giving you a cut, so keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> She'd take a cut too, believe me. Yeah. Yeah. No. No kidding. <laughs> Surprised you haven't oh, received that letter. Like, wait a minute, Tomai, I'm the reason why you're angry, Joe. I deserve it. <laughs> Honestly, man, as stupid as that sounds, I would not put it past her. Tomai, the way things go these days, and all this crazy stuff you hear with divorces and breakups and all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pulling from other people. You know, yeah. said they deserve that. It's like I'm the one to put you through that strife. Come on, you wouldn't even <laughs> thought about this company had it been for me being on your ass all the time. Yeah, you can't rise unless you're at your absolute lowest. Exactly. So there, so. No, I mean, as, as scary as it is, some people actually have that attitude. It's like, oh, if it wasn't for all this stress I created, it wouldn't have brought out the best in you. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure oh, that was your you. intention. I'll send you a bag of coffee. I'm, I'm sure that was your intention all along, you know, right. for, my be- for my benefit. For my benefit. <laughs> the whole time, like, I'm doing this. This is for your own good. You'll thank me later. That kind of vision, okay? It's like it's like religion. When you do something good, God was great. But when you, something bad happens, like, well, he has his ways. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Works in mysterious ways. Him. <laughs> yeah, he works in mysterious ways. So hope for the best. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, that was another point I wanted to make about working for other people. I just got lost in thought there. <laughs> <laughs> well you know for, for me uh it's funny because i was just talk i was i was actually bartending last night for a couple hours and uh, i was talking to one of the busters there and he was i he, he was like coming at me about the manager he's like oh you know the manager's always micromanaging i go let me promise you this at any job that you ever take from here on in for the rest of your life and you work for someone else you yeah. will always have a manager that's going to micromanage and and 
have an eagle. Just, just someone even telling me what to do, even if they do it politely, even that pisses me off. Yep, that's absolutely. why I can never work for someone no, else. I, I'm just like, I could never, on. never work for someone else just because 99% of that. Ninety-nine percent of the time, I'm smarter than they are. <laughs> you know, and, and they know that too. That's the reason why it's like they want you to do all the work so they can take credit for it because they weren't smart enough to, to come up with that idea themselves. No, but I've, I've had cool bosses, but just the idea of someone telling me what I can or can't on, do. Dude, you're not even smart never. enough to get, get out of this job yourself. Okay, you're actually, <laughs> tell me, you're actually happy being someone's flunky and their fall guy and their scapegoat because there's some CEO sitting there like, well, if anything goes wrong, we're putting it on you, you know, because you're the one supposed to manage these dudes. I'm like, come on, man. So yep. I, I can't, I can't listen to you right now. Like, who are you? No, I mean, you just think about how many people just put up with shit all day at their job and then they go home and it, and it, and it, and it spills over into their relationship. More, and now more it's negative there. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they just have a bad attitude all the time, right? Because, uh, like, you know, my father, he didn't hate his job, but he didn't have a strong passion for it. And I just remember him coming home and he was always in a bad mood for like the first 45 minutes to an hour, just grumpy and so forth. And, you know, and then he would just kind of wheedle, wheedle, wheedle off and, but I was like, man, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be somewhere after the end of doing whatever I want to do. I'm pissed off, and, I, and that's. But I, but I get it because I did enough jobs working for other people where it, it just there just wasn't any gratification more than anything else. You didn't really feel like you were making any contribution that was impactful or meaningful in any way, so, and that can be dissipating. But I'll tell you the one thing that one of the most one of the things I enjoy the most about doing your own thing and being successful at it is the ability to tell people to fuck off whenever I want. <laughs> and, I, and I don't just mean people that are trying to get me to do stupid opportunities I don't want to do, but I mean dipshit customers too. Sometimes yeah. – like 99% of my customers are great people, man, awesome people. I love working with them. Every once in a while though, you get that dipshit who believes that whole – the customer is always right bullshit a little bit too much. So yeah. they think they think that you're so desperate for their money that you're just going to put up with their shit. That's what they think. And most of the time, they probably get away with that. But when it comes to me, the buck stops. So every once in a while, I'll be like, hey, you know, if you don't do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be like, you know what, motherfucker, refund, go do that shit. Yeah. And they don't know what to do with that. Yeah, they're like, they're no. so used to people going, oh, no, 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 don't worry, sir, we'll do this. I was like, no. You come at me in a disrespectful manner, I don't care how much money you're spending. It's fuck off time. And that's yep. a fun feeling. Yep, I'm 100% on that. It's uh, it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, I live my life as if you treat people with respect, I just want it back. That's all yeah, I want. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want anything from you. I just want you to talk to me with a little respect, you know? Absolutely. And and that's all you can really ask at the end of the day. And it's it's funny because people know me as like a kind of like a joke, you know, pretty much a meathead. You know, people who don't know me <laughs> look, look at me from the outside. They look at me as like this meathead, like... And meanwhile, I do a ton of things. I draw, I do art, I play the drums, but I don't boast about it. I don't right, tell them, right. you know. So it's like, and I tell them I'm doing this business. They're like, well, so who actually is, who are you working with? I'm like, well, we'll meet. <laughs> and then, well, yeah, but who kind of like created it? I'm like, me. And like, really? I'm like, yeah, really? Really? You? I'm like, yeah, really? I mean, now I'm taking it as an insult that you keep exactly. saying really. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. <laughs> Like, I'm not an idiot. I'm just not an egomaniac. <laughs> well, you know, one thing a lot of people don't want to accept is that you can be really strong. You can be highly intelligent. You can be very creative. You know, some people just have it all. While other people, a lot of people often assume, okay, if, if she's good looking, she's probably dumb too, which is not true. You know, like if you took a pool of good looking women and a pool of, of ugly women, 
the, the, the intelligence is not going to be higher in one group over the other, right? It's going right. to it's, it's wean out the same. There's a lot of people that are zeros in life. They're ugly as sin. They're fucking assholes. And, you know, and they're and then, dumb as fuck. You know, and so and there's those zeros. that are beautiful as hell, but they're dumb as a doorknob. And they're, right. they're assholes. It's like I always tell people, it's, just, it's like a brand new Kia. Some of them have great bodies. They look great. The 2016, but at the ins- on the inside, it's still a fucking Kia. It's not a Lamborghini. It's still going to run like a Kia. No, but then there's women that are beautiful on the outside and they're highly intelligent and they're yeah. super cool people and they're compassionate they just have it all you know so it's not sometimes somehow people often think that oh if you have this then you probably don't have all these other things and right. sometimes that's true but a lot of times it's not true right yeah, there's well, no absolute look, at, man. look at the guy and i get in this conversation all the time because i played somewhat of a high, high level of football and if you talk about sports you know and it's like the guy that's at home screaming at the tv that that guy sucks meanwhile not only is he better as he great at the thing he's doing he's better at like mowing the lawn than you he's better at (laughs) he'll he'll be better at anything that you try to do that's how good he is you know and it's like it cracks me up that man there's just people just want to hate man it's just no that was what i always found frustrating about watching a ufc live or or even at a sports bar because of just the armchair experts that are sitting there drinking their fucking beer with their estrogen belly. I've never what been the fuck you doing, man? Never you been punched do this. in the face one time. Never been in a fight ever. Period. Or better yet, never paid to go get punched in the face. That's what I have full respect <laughs> for. When you go sign up at a gym, at an MMA gym, and you actually pay someone to punch you in the face for the fun of it, then then we could probably have a discussion. Okay, because I'm pretty sure you probably have been punched in the face because you're such an asshole. Someone had to try to stuff that pie hole of yours at least once in your life, you know. But yeah. Well, then then there's people that just hate seeing success, right? Yeah. Like at the, at the gym, Fitness 19, where Paul and I go. Every once in a while, you do something impressive, right? You know, you hit a PR in your deadlift, and then some dumb fuck within five feet will be like, "Oh man, I hate to be your back tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I would hate to be you right now, that <laughs> weak motherfucker. You know? <laughs> I was like, don't worry, my back is fine. Worry about your back. You got that fine. You look like you're six months pregnant. Yeah, don't worry about, about my, my back. back. You need to be worrying about your front, gut boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your front is more destructive for your back than all that weight I just left. You know? <laughs> don't let me get started on your sides either because they suck too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got some funny characters at Fitness 19. You got this one guy who has like an older guy who wears sunglasses. He always has jeans on. You know, he's working out. <laughs> His body structure hasn't changed one bit in five years. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of people that are consistent with showing up, but they're not actually getting, they're not deriving any benefits. <laughs> you know that it's funny to me because I, I actually, I'm pretty envious of that because I would never be able, my attention span would never last to do something that just wasn't working. No, exactly. No, if you're not no. making some kind of progression, then why bother? You know, it not makes improving. no sense. You'll see those same people come in, get on that elliptical or get on the bike or whatever they do, and they do it day in and day out with no results whatsoever, and they keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> It's just part of their habit, right? Yeah, I mean, done long yeah. enough. It's just it's just part of their routine. But I yeah. but I also think too that's just that carry over. I mean, honestly, you could really revert back anything in your life to working out. You know, I mean, yeah. to be honest, yeah. with Build, the building a business. That's what I was going to say too when you were talking about the early stages of your business. It's just like the early stages of working out. It's the same thing. You're building a foundation. You're learning. Yeah. You're learning what works. You're learning what doesn't work. You know, you're getting into a groove. No doubt about it. But it just just. It makes me think that that stupid saying that people often say, oh, 90% is just showing up. I was like, no, it's not. 
No, you can right. show up for a lot of shit and nothing's going to fucking happen. <laughs> okay. You know, showing up is 90% not enough. of us actually having a fucking plan and executing it. That's what it yeah, is. Absolutely. Right. 10% is showing up. <laughs> exactly. The other 90% is what the fuck you do when you show up. No. Yeah. I can show up at the gym every day. I'm, I'm not going to improve my deadlift if I just show I'm like, up. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get it by osmosis. Like, well, I'm in a gym. Make me strong, bitches. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> that's, that's Planet Fitness right there. They give you bagels and pizza too <laughs> yeah they want to make sure you don't, they want to make sure you don't lose weight so you keep coming back you know that's well, like cracks me up they have like a judgment free zone judging people that actually work out that have muscle on them and say they're not allowed in so that i mean that's the ultimate judgment right there well, this goes back to what i'm talking about Re- rewarding failure rewarding right. incompetence if you don't pay your bills on time don't worry we'll cut you a deal if you do pay your bills on time thanks it's like credit card companies. Credit card, pay, yeah, exactly. We've kind of deal with the full, Well, you know, if you pay yeah. the full balance every month, they try to charge you a yearly fee. Because <laughs> yeah. they're not making any money off of you. They exactly. hate people like that. You know, people like us who pay our bills on time every month, they're like, man, these deadbeats, we're not making a dime off this motherfucker. Let's I mean, charge them a yearly fee. Come on, wait yep. you, no interest? God, what's wrong with this fucking guy? He's not normal. <laughs> Let's penalize him for being, I don't know, diligent. <laughs> <laughs> But it just seems to me that like bad behavior is reward. Like we're saying about the gym, you go in the gym and you actually do some effective shit. It's like, oh, you know, people are complaining about that. Okay, so if I come in here and I don't do jack shit, that's okay. That's encouraged. Yeah, we'll even get pizza. Here you go. Frankly, (laughs) people like Paul and myself and this other guy, Ricky, and there's a few other people that are really strong. You guys should be paying us to show up here because (laughs) we we should actually be inspirational to other people. (laughs) You know, when I was young and weak and just starting off and I saw people that were strong, that was inspiring to me. It wasn't something where I was like, oh, man, I I wish they didn't let strong people in here. (laughs) Makes me feel bad about myself. (laughs) No one ever gets pissed off by getting stronger. No one says, fuck, I wish I hadn't hit a PR today. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Think about it, too. I mean, we we criticize whatever. Okay, so. So like prime examples, they removed Miss Olympia, right? And oh, I didn't know that. Really? Oh yeah. Well, they they did that years ago. But okay. That being said, I mean, yeah, yeah. These women are women are all jacked up on on drugs or whatever. I mean, that's fine. But it's a prime example of saying we in the fitness industry, it, it was it used especially bodybuilding. It's called bodybuilding. You're trying to you're trying to build lean mass and muscle to get to look big and muscular and and have symmetry and all that stuff. But now we've turned it completely around to where we've created category they've created categories like physique and bikini and stuff. Right. So basically it's just you trim off a little fat, you got what you got and you get on stage and they <laughs> make money. I mean it's all a money making scheme, but it cracks me up that we we are we are uh, rewarding mediocrity and not hard work, you right. know. Whatever right. you want to say about that Miss Olympia, she worked her balls off to get to that level, you literally. know. And, uh, <laughs> balls, <laughs> balls, balls, balls being the opposite. She worked her balls hard. She worked her balls hard. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm just using that as an example. Man, you know, but. you sit there and say it's you know it's not okay for you know they'll say well all these girls are using drugs blah blah but it's okay for the guys to do it. You know that's yeah, what you're saying right there. So the women should be pissed off about that. Like well, wait, what are you saying? What is it with this double standard? Oh, but if I sit there and I just look like some just regular little Instagram model, you know, which is a little bit of muscle, you know, a couple of definitions here and there, then you're going to reward me for that. Right. So it's, it's really, the guys also, can't do it that. It also comes down to economics, though, right? They wouldn't have gotten rid of this if we were making money. 
Exactly. Right. It's exactly. not making money. They're not getting rid of it because of some PC standard. Exactly. Article. No, right. If they were making a lot of money, they would keep it going. That's what it comes down to. You're absolutely right. And that's literally anything. That's any marketing. That's any, And that's why the gyms are doing what they're doing. They don't care about the guy that works out hard. They don't care about him. They want the masses to come in. If, if that made money, then they would. So in other words, if, if people like you and I showing up at the gym brought in more people, they would be like, oh, fuck yeah, man. Let's, yeah. let's, let's encourage these guys to work out like this. Let's incentivize them to keep doing this. Right. Yep. But, but, but if it has the opposite effect, then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You guys are scaring members off. Scaring the ladies. I will say this too. I, there's an opportunity for com- just using Vegas as an example, there's a uh, for commercial gyms to capitalize on powerlifting or strength training and put like an area where there's a powerlifting area in, cage it off, put signs up like "Don't feed the animals," make it like a zoo <laughs> where people like where people want to kind of look in and see what's going on, and because it is growing, I when I go to these meets, there's triple the amount of competitors. Especially women oh, yeah. that are, are competing. So oh, yeah. once someone in this commercial industry figures out that it is growing, and just capitalize on it, put it in a gym. Why not? You have all this money anyway. You're putting all this nonsense in these gyms anyway. Try it out. See what happens because it is it is growing at a rapid pace. I will say that. Right, and you know, and to be fair to Fitness 19 too, they, they've made a lot of progressions in terms of getting more strength training stuff in there. Like they have that whole cage there now for ring pull-ups and and other those motions, and more barbells in there, etc. So, it's, yeah. so I mean, yeah. as, as far as gyms in Vegas go, they're way more progressive than most. And and the people who work there are cool too. You know, whenever someone, whenever someone does complain about noise. It's not. It's not as if an employee's coming over to me and saying, "Hey, you got to stop doing that." They're just like, "Hey, man, would you mind doing this?" Or just letting you know this. There's, there's, there's never been like some kind of ultimatum where it's like, "Oh, if you keep doing this, we're going to have to ask you to leave." You know, anything stupid like that. You know, yeah. it, it is a good team of people who work there. They're just trying to keep everyone happy, which I understand. It's a business. Yeah. I'm trying to run yep. a business. Here. Of course. And they're the same way with me. Now they are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only I, dead, for a I, just, I only deadlift once a week. At 2 p.m. on you know, Wednesday, so it's not like I'm the in there slowest, every day. Try to go day. the slowest period of the day, you know. When it's yeah, not so my attitude is like, look, I'm in here once a week deadlifting heavy. I can't put the bar down gently; it's too heavy. All right, I'm not going to hurt my, I'm not going to fuck up my back because someone doesn't like the noise. Right. Even if I put it down gently, it's still going to make a lot of noise. It's weight. Yep. So I'm, I'm just right. not going to worry about that. So for the few minutes I'm doing deadlifts, people are just going to have to deal with that. Now, that's what headphones are for, listening to music. I can't right. even hear it because I'm listening to music. So why? You know, if you guys had headphones, then guess what? You wouldn't be able to hear it either. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. It's just it's stupid stuff you shouldn't even have to worry about in your life. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? Like, when a kid focus comes on getting stronger and not how hard I put a barbell down, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's well, like, it's always this lady who drives a Lexus that complains to you. Whenever, she's, whenever I see her, though, I make a point of being louder just to piss her off. <laughs> but in the meantime, she she parks her car behind the gym, doesn't even use a parking slot. You know, that's the arrogance of this lady. She just pulls right up to the side of the building and parks there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that, that, that gives you the mentality. That, that paints a picture of the mentality here. Yeah, Level of entitlement. Is- I was be like, her name is Jill Spencer. She lives at. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll put a link up to her Facebook profile. <laughs> but I, I think I think one of the reasons why the CrossFit gyms are so popular too is that it's kind of a retaliation to all of this stuff. It's it's yeah. it's a rebellion to it. So it's it's a place where all of this heavy intense training is encouraged. Yeah. So you, you walk in there and people are training hard. You, we can. 
we can knock maybe the technique is not as good as it should be in some cases, but in a lot of cases, there's a lot of great CrossFit trainers who do an excellent job, yep. and they do and they do really reinforce proper technique and encourage that, and they've created a great environment in their gyms where it's it's competitive and very effective, and people come in there inspired. No, I, I agree 100. percent I'm I'm uh, again I'm I'm a little jealous of the I I wish there was like a CrossFit gym where you could just pay a normal membership and walk in and work out on your own, you know. Well, I wish I wish Mark Phillippe had that too. You know, Mark Phillippe's gym is you have to work with him or one of the trainers, so it's that <laughs> kind of setup. It's not just open to the public where you can just walk in and work out. But I mean, on on one hand, I understand that because that place would get cluttered fairly quickly. If you yeah. just had Joe Blow walking in off the street, and now all the squat racks are being used, and the trainers can't put their clients on it. Yeah, of course. You know, so I get it. It we it we it weeds out the riffraff for sure. You know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's one of the reasons why it's a serious environment in there. But I always laugh at you know just talking to Mark many times. It's astonishing to me how many times some fat fuck parent has walked in there and they're trying to tell Mark how to train their kids. <laughs> and I'm I'm really impressed with how he handles it because if it were me, like this been like this worked out for you all these years, okay? Yeah, but it's just amazing to me that these people are trying to tell Mark with his credentials what he should be doing. It's yeah. like, well, if you know so much, why are you hiring Mark? To try, right. Why just take it back there? home? My uh my uh my girlfriend uh she coaches high level gymnastics and she deals with the same shit. She she'll have these fathers who have no background in gymnastics whatsoever They're talking about how they, how she should be training their daughter. And it's like, and, and she's pretty tough about it. She's like, well, if you don't feel my training's good, you can gladly take himself somewhere else. Take yourself somewhere that, else. That's but, the only response yeah. you should yeah. have. You know, that's, that's the right thing to do. Set the yeah. tone, set the tone right away. You, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to placate to that crap. Oh, okay, sir. Thanks for your advice. I see where you're coming from. No, 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 no. Especially shut gymnastics that, where you can literally shut that shit down. down. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It's people are insane, man. <laughs> it's like, no, they really are. Like, dude, they do are. Hear yourself, like, like, do you hear yourself right now? <laughs> it's like, come on, just stop and listen to yourself, and just tell me how stupid you sound right now. No, the, the worst, the worst advice you're ever going to get is at the blackjack table, right? <laughs> and, and I'm a, I'm not, I don't consider myself like a super high level player, but you know, I've been playing blackjack since I was a kid. My father taught me and my brother how to play properly. So anyway, I'm pretty good when I go out. But every once in a while, there's always some jack off at the table. Who's like, oh, yeah, you're going to want to take a card on this. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm not going to do that. And then for whatever reason, it works out in his favor. I right? think like the dealer pulls the cards like, see, you would have had that. I was like, yeah, I'm sure you knew that fucking car was coming. Did you? <laughs> right, right. You know? Wait, Thank you, Miss Cleo. Keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> but the, fun, the funniest is there's this episode of this new show on Showtime, Dice, right? It's kind of a, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Andrew Dice Clay. It, it's playing himself. It's, yeah, he's playing himself, and it's somewhat based on his life. But, you know, it's kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm with – Larry with David. Uh, Larry, Larry David, exactly. So anyway, I, I watched the first episode of that show. Oh, yeah, that was And Andrew Dice Clay is an avid blackjack player, and I got to get my brother to watch it because he would really crack up. My father would too. But anyway, he's like, yeah, I go by feel. You know, I don't count cards. I don't use any strategy. <laughs> Fucking Elvis. So, so he, has like, he has like $100,000 on the table, and he has an 18. The dealer has a king. So, I mean, obviously, you have to, 18 is not a great hand, especially against a face card, but you have to stand on it. You don't take a card. But he's like, okay, he's like, hit me. And then he gets a two. Of course, he gets a two, you know, which would never happen ever in the history of blackjack. You're going to bust like 99% of the time. He, of course, he gets a two, so now he's 20. He wins. And the only reason he was, the only time he ever lost was because there was a guy that was a bad luck charm behind him, right? It was an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> yeah, Elvis impersonator. It was hilarious. And they kicked him. They kept kicking him out. <laughs> 
He's like, you he's gotta like, go, buddy. You, yeah, he's like, look, man, you gotta leave the building. You know, you're a bad luck. Then he goes across the street. The Elvis guy's there again. He's like, look, man, you gotta leave again. You know? Like anytime what, what, this guy was around, he lost. Anytime he wasn't around, he won. You know? what, what channel is what? what it's, station? Showtime. it's on Showtime, so it's a oh, free. Oh, is it? I mean, yeah. the first episode is free on Hulu. You know, I, I don't. Okay. I, I, we actually don't have cable at the house, so I just have Hulu, and I can access good amount of television onto that, just streaming it. Yeah, yeah. And Showtime, the first episode of the show is on there. You can check it out for free. That's, that's funny, Mike. Did I ever tell you the, the my dice story at Gold's on uh, Sahara over there? When it was no, cool. no. Oh, it's pretty funny, man. So I, I was just new. To, I was kind of a couple years here. I was only here like two years, and uh, I was training over there. And I was probably the only person that noticed that Dice Clay was in the gym, you know. <laughs> and he had some guy kind of following him around with like a small camera. And I'm like, what is what is he doing? You know, so I'm, I, I through the corner of my eye, I keep keeping an eye on him, you know, and uh, I'm over on a chest machine or whatever. The hell. So he makes his way over towards me. And, he, and because of my tattoos, he calls me Spider-Man. He goes, hey, oh, Spider-Man, can I work in? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely. So I started talking to him. Right. He's like, would you want he apparently he was shooting a pilot after after for, he does each rep. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently at the time he was trying to get a, a same type of thing like a reality show and um <laughs> so it's a, he goes you want to be in my show and i'm like yeah sure that'd be hilarious so he had this whole fake scene going on that where i come over he comes over to ask me to work in and i tell him to fuck off basically <laughs> and uh now we're arguing and then all of a sudden he starts crying and then i go over and I, he wants me to go over and hug him so I kind of make up with them. So no one knows what's going on. So all of a sudden, I'm Huckley in the middle of the gym, <laughs> like randomly. And uh, it was just the funniest thing. So he, at the time, he had, uh, he had um, a show on the strip, and he gave me free tickets to his show and, and all this. And it was so it was just random, and I ended up kind of hanging out with him for a day. It was pretty funny. That's funny. He's still pretty good live. He, was, he, had, a, he had a residency hall for a while at the Hard Rock. Saw it a couple times, and he's he's good. Yeah, man. he's he goes into character, and he's pretty funny from start to finish. Most comedians lose me after about fifteen minutes. I just become immune to their humor, and it just shut off. Yeah, but his act is forty five minutes to an hour, and he was pretty pretty good all the way along. It just kept your attention. Yeah, he uh, he's actually pretty talented. He was playing the drums like he was he was doing in person. He was making fun of Danny Gans at the time. I think Danny Gans is dead now, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was trying to like do impersonations, and he then he got on the drums and played with the band and stuff. So yeah, he was pretty he was a pretty talented guy. Yeah, his son's a drummer in some rock band. Yeah, as well. I think he lives in Vegas, doesn't he? I think so. Because I mean, the show depicts him as living in Vegas, but I think that's actually factual. I think he actually does live out here. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. I'm curious to see how that shows. No, it's pretty funny. No, man. It's pretty funny. Any, anyone who plays blackjack would really get a good laugh off it because all the moves he's making are like the exact wrong moves you would want to make. Right, right. <laughs> and then he was on Larry King. He was being interviewed on Larry King, and Larry's like, "Do you count cards?" And of course, even if he does count cards, you're not going to say that. On Larry exactly. King show, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. But if he plays like he does in that show, he definitely doesn't. But he's like, "Nah, man, I play with my ball." <laughs> you know? He's like, you got a house when you play a blackjack. He's like, I started off with thirty thousand, I was up to five hundred, and I was like, you know what? That was I, I maybe on that night you were, but you you played the way he does in that show. You're gonna lose the majority of the time. <laughs> You're gonna lose handedly. But the blackjack table is a lot like the gym. You try to give advice to anyone, they, they become really defensive. In and I learned that a long time ago. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't I don't play too much anymore anyway. But when I did, every once in a while, someone's just making consistently dumb moves, so you just you just got tired of seeing it. So you're like, look, <laughs> man. 
It's like, look, you don't split tens, all right? It's like, you don't, <laughs> you don't try to take a fucking card on tens either. Like these two guys have, you know. It was, and I, I would get pissed off at the dealer too. I was like, why are you letting them make those bad moves? Like, well, it's not my responsibility. I was like, no, it's not your responsibility, but you can give them a couple tips, man. You don't have to let them. They're going to lose anyway, no matter what you tell them. You know? <laughs> but at least they'll last long enough to give you some more tips if they actually win a few hands. <laughs> yep. But it's, it's a pretty depressing game. First of all, casinos are pretty depressing to be in anyway, especially when you go to a casino where it's a lot of locals who go. And they're there. There's, I, I play cards at the M every once in a while, and I mean pretty infrequently. But every time I go there, it's the same people there, which means they're there every fucking night. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. They have VIP just, cards, you know. Just yeah, exactly. Just throwing their money away, man. It's 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 pretty. That's why I never got into uh, I never got into bartending at the local places because you see the same degenerates coming in there pouring their whole income in a, a video <laughs> game, yeah. and it's like I don't even want their money. You know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't I don't want their tips. I don't even want to be around that. So where where can people find out more about your coffee, man? Uh, you can go to the website. It's uh, www.angryjoe.co, and then uh, or you can go to my personal page at, uh, on Facebook at Paul Tabone or at Angry Joe uh, on Facebook as well. And, and just so people know, you have coffees that are infused, but you also have ones that are not. Like I bought, yeah, I, also, I bought a regular bag of coffee from you, which is great. I've been drinking it every day for about a month now. Yep, yep. It's uh, I offer the non-infused coffee. It's it's a higher, it's still a higher caffeine rate, and uh, it's just. You're getting really good gourmet coffee, and they're local roasters too. So it's a, it's a good, it's a win-win all the way around. You know, it is a higher caffeine rate, but I find that I, I do really well with it. A lot of times I don't do well with high caffeine, but I think it was just the crappy quality of coffee I was yeah. drinking. So I remember I talked to Sincere about this. Like, yeah. oh, man, when I drink this coffee, I, I feel this way, and you're like, nah, that's just because you're drinking crappy. Yeah, coffee. Joe, like Joe's, you know, yeah, like Paul's using arabica beans. You know, there's a big difference. A lot of the crap you get in the stores, you know, it's gonna be robusta, and that's gonna be so high in acid. And that's why people have jacked up stomachs and all that. And right, so right. Yeah, it's the quality of the beans, man. So you know, yeah, even, when, even when I saw that he had 300 grams of caffeine, and I was just like. Okay, but it's arabica beans, so it's it's going to be a lot smoother. And then it's also about how you're going to brew it. Like if I do, if I sit there and I take his beans and I, you know, I grind it and I make, you know, cold brew, you know, leave it in my fridge overnight, you know, acid is not a problem. And actually, nope. that, and that caffeine is going to break down a lot slower by doing it. That's that. actually, um, that's actually, even, I'm glad you mentioned that because I do, even when I do all my demos, I bring a, I do hot brew and then I do cold brew, and it's yeah. the cold brew is uh, out of this world. Uh, you get all, all the flavors all out the of the flavors. coffee. It's yeah. more intense. You get a better you get a better caffeine hit from it, yep. and uh, I use, I actually use the cold brew as my actual pre workout, and uh, yeah, that's why I've, I've I've tried a lot of those products on the market, and it's it's what, what do you do about an hour before you train? As far as the is when I drink it, yeah, 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 a little bit before I even take it in with me and kind of sip on it while I'm getting started, you know? Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, the cold brew is the way to go, man. It's yeah, cold uh, brew and really, really tasty. Yeah, cold brew and then pour over. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I really, when I went to Costa Rica and I fell in love with the Churia doors and started getting my own made. And, you know, that's just like a great combination. You know, so people want it hot. I'm like, yeah, man, pour over is, you know, way better than just a lot of their crappy coffee machines. I said, a lot of times you're missing out on most of the coffee you put in, you know, in your filter when you use something like Mr. Coffee or something like that. That water is going right through the middle. That's a whole lot of coffee you're not using. So you're wasting a lot of money. I said, pour over, man. It's just like you, you got a lot more control over, you know, just the amount of coffee that you use and you'll get a lot more flavor, especially if you use a good, a, a good freshly roasted coffee that you just ground yourself, man. It's just can't beat it. And it's like, Oh, yeah, that's God. exactly how I use it. Yeah. I grind, I grind. Yeah. I'm back again. Again, 
It's on my end. It's just fading oh. and out there. there All right, go. I think I'm back now. Hey. Let's, let's, let's wrap this up before we fade out again. <laughs> this is Skype's way of saying, "All right, drink, drink some of that coffee. Right. Get on with yeah. your day, guys. Get, <laughs> get the fuck off of Skype." <laughs> Free uh, sincere, real quick. Uh, have Mike give me my info, and then uh, I'll send you some coffee. Text me your uh, your address. Oh no, yeah. no problem, man. Appreciate that. Well, hello. Right now, <laughs> to my to my well, I don't know if Paul can hear me, but thank you. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. I just heard you know. <laughs> you, you know give it's my, like I, my I hear him saying that to you. Like, you nope. said he can't hear that. <laughs> anyway, that was our friend Paul Tabone. Check him out at angryjoe.co. That's not com. It's just angryjoe.co, and we'll put his website in the show notes. Really good coffee, man. I love it. And again, I'm not a coffee connoisseur though, like you, sincere. So I'll be curious to see what you have to say once you get a chance to try out his blend. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not repeating what I just said. <laughs> no, I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it and trying it myself. You know, I'll let you guys know what I think about it, man. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And on that note, go to both our websites because, you know, Skype is like really screwing with us. So go to MikeMahler.com, go to NewWarriorTrainer.com, use that coupon code LLA, get 10% off all of our stuff. Everything. Don't ask me what. You should know by now. Just go to the websites because Skype's not giving me time to go through all the products that we have over there that you can use that coupon for. <laughs> Just use it. Then go to patreon.com slash LLA podcast. Become a monthly supporter of the show. So, therefore, we can find a better alternative to Skype so we can start recording the show that won't drop us and have me going fast. Sound like the end of a car dealer commercial on the radio right now. Okay. So, and last but not least, go, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, leave us a review, rate us, share the episode, all that. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to wrap up there. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Take care, Take folks. Care. Later. <laughs> Shit, man. God damn, right. that was annoying. <laughs>